right, we're back live. It is the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, and joined in studio by State Representative Tim Butler. Representative, thanks for taking time with us. How you doing? I appreciate the no... Uh, been caught stealing by Jane's Addiction is ah. the bumper music today. Yeah, some new bumper music. I like <laughs> Said, that. Yeah, you got some Ice Cube there. There you go. Uh, That's nothing good. wrong with uh, with uh, it's been a good day. So thumbs up on that. Um, lot to tackle here, uh, and I appreciate you taking time with us. Of course, the state legislature's off. We talked briefly when that announcement was made last week. Um, you guys have virtual committees out the wazoo. Tell us what's going on. Yeah. So you know this is you know usually this is the time of year once we go into session committees committees get up and going uh, legislation gets kicked out to committee so we can debate it and, and move it through the process and things like that. Obviously, under uh, COVID, it's a completely different ballgame where we have virtual committees, which uh, I'm not a huge fan of the virtual the virtual world when it comes to committees. I, I think it is, uh, makes the process worse when we do it, but that's, that's where we're at. So uh, we scheduled... A uh, bunch of committees got scheduled last week, then got canceled. Now we have more committees this week. I think I have two committees this afternoon. So um, not a lot of Republican bills, I think, so far have gotten kicked out. Uh, the committee deadline for, or excuse me, the introduction deadline for legislation is the end of the month. So I think I think we'll start seeing things gear up over the next few weeks. And my guess is we're going to have several more weeks of virtual committee hearings before we come back into session. The governor's state of the state and um, budget address is on Groundhog Day. Yep. Uh, is that what? <laughs> you expect to come back? You know, I noticed that it was on Groundhog Day. I, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll not use that at all as any sort of uh, you know humor when, when that happens. You know, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if if, if the governor's going to do it virtually. I don't know if we'll come back. I think that's to be determined. I sure hope we're, we're here in person uh, to have the, the budget address in the state of the state. I think it's important for us to be here in person in Springfield, but the announcement on that hasn't been made yet. The, the governor has to give some sort of communication to the, the General Assembly, but uh, if he does it virtually or in person, I guess it's to be seen what will happen. And I'm sure there, uh, you know, the governor uh, certainly will talk about the things that he's done. But I think there's a, certainly a lot of criticism that that we're going to highlight uh, that's happened with the governor's term over the last few years. What's not going to be addressed while you guys are doing virtual hearings and um, not in session uh, until possibly when the governor comes back for the uh, state of the state budget address? Well, I think there's there's a lot of things. And one of the things that, that we've talked about and, and uh, previously, and I, I think something you know that we're going to talk about today a little bit, was, was this unemployment trust fund issue. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about for a long time, how the unemployment trust fund has been depleted, uh, how the state has the ability to use some of this you know money that's been cranking out from the feds over the last uh, couple years to be able to help pay down that. And the governor has refused to, to use that money to pay down the unemployment trust fund. And that's that's a huge issue. It's a huge issue for the employers of the state. And it's a huge issue for the people of the state. I think that's one of the biggest issues that that's on the docket that we haven't talked about. The other thing is, I mean, we are really doing nothing to address the crime that's going on in Illinois. Uh, and I kind of chuckled when the speaker came out last week uh, and, and announced that the Democrats are going to look at some anti-crime packages this spring when they've been passing all sorts of, you know, lessening of of penalties for people committing crimes and letting people off the hook when it comes to crimes over the last over the last several years. I mean, crime is going to be at the top of the list of issues this fall, uh, and we're doing nothing to address it right now. We're talking with State Representative Tim Butler here live in studio on the WMAY morning news feed. See how I reset things right as I got my <laughs> recorder started up. So uh, appreciate you taking the time and being patient with me and uh, me throwing questions at you while I'm trying to get the... Uh, I'm trying to help uh, you out, the, your technology <laughs> management here. 
Um, but yeah, just talk a bit more if you can about the unemployment debt, yeah. um, because not only do we have you know four point five billion dollars that we borrowed from federal taxpayers, that comes with interest. We're paying that interest. Ten million plus dollars right now could be a hundred million dollars if it's not addressed throughout the year. If it's not addressed, it could increase taxes on employers and decrease benefits on employees who are needing those benefits. But what about the amount of fraud? Why don't we know yet how much fraud there's been? And have we given have we got any indication of how much fraud there could be? No, we really haven't gotten any indication how much fraud there is. And that's this is one of the things that many of us have harped on with the Department of Employment Security for for well over a year now, a year and a half now, however long this has been going on. The fact that there's so much fraud and was so much fraud with with all this money that came down uh, from the feds, from the, the PUA program, especially was was ripe with fraud and. We have no we have no idea how much money it is, and that's something. There, there's so much money that ended up not to the person that it should have gone to, or uh, was fraudulently given to people when it could have been going to other other folks to help them get through this. And that's something that we really have no hand on. While other states, I, I think we're seeing reports of other states, we actually know how much fraud's going on. And we need we need to find out. I mean, first we need to find out how much there is, and then we got to figure out how we. I mean, I don't know if there's actually a way to address that, but we need to go after people who committed that fraud. Absolutely. Well, and you had people like elected representatives, uh, Congressman Rodney Davis. He got, you know, uh, what, a, a card in the mail with yeah. funds on it. Uh, so people who had jobs were getting these cards. Uh, and I think uh, the indication is elsewhere in other states that it's a substantial amount of fraud that took place here. Well, there were reports that that prisoners in the in the corrections in, in state of California were masterminding them, getting them in prison. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And and how we cannot track that. In today's day and age, where everything is tracked, all these cards that have gone out that are electronically activated and all that, we should be able to track that stuff and and nail these people who are committing this fraud and prosecute them. And I think this gets underscores the problems. Again, I hate to go back to the crime issue, but this kind of underscores the issue we have in crime, crime in Illinois. We should be trying to prosecute these people. We should be in the General Assembly. We should be in session trying to get a handle on programs that we can uh, to address this. And really, we're doing nothing about it. And I I think it does start with the Department of Employment Security coming out and being forthright with the people of Illinois as to how much fraud there is and what the program's going to be to try to to try to tackle this situation. 748 now on the WMAY morning news feed, talking with State Representative Tim Butler on WMAY. And of course, with the um, uh, unemployment fraud that could have happened, I mean, we've got an auditor general that's looking into it. Uh, when that report comes out, who knows? But uh, definitely something I think uh, we need to keep an eye on. Something else, too, just audits and general of the entire spectrum of COVID-19. There's a headline out of Michigan today uh, that uh, they undercounted the number of nursing home deaths by upwards to 30 to 45% in some accounts. Um, I mean, should we, at this time now, nearly two years into this, have a moment of pause and reflection to get a better understanding of the 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 devastation that the pandemic brought and whether it was a certain level or if it was a lesser level. Well, again, I, I want to go back, I guess, almost two years ago now. I think it was April of 20 when the House Republicans forwarded to the governor a plan to help manage the pandemic and that the, that we would add input from a wide range of folks, General Assembly members from the public, people in the know from, from the healthcare industry, people from the business community to help the governor make decisions and guide him through the pandemic. He refused to do that. He went out on his own and did thing on his did everything on his own. The General Assembly, the leadership in the General Assembly, first under Mike Madigan, now under Chris Welch, have have 
like the fact that they washed their hands of the pandemic. We need to step up and as an oversight body, the legislature has a significant oversight authority. Have here we should be having these hearings every single day, in my opinion, about what the response to the pandemic is, what the impact of the pandemic has been across the board. Health. Well, why business. is that important, though? Well, to, to look back at the executive action and the lack of legislative action. Why is it important to have that review? Well, I think it's important to know number one, just like we were talking about with employment security, how much money's been going out the door and where this has been going, and how, like you mentioned, if we're looking at other states and undercounting the deaths that happen at nursing homes, especially. You know, we had a terrible case here early on at the villas in Sherman, where where I think, you know, most of the villas caught COVID. And I think they had a significant loss of life there. And that's the kind of stuff that we really need to study. And then when we plan for the future, how we address these situations, look, we're going to have another situation like this sometime in the future. And what we learn from this today is going to help us manage that situation. I think the not only the death toll from from COVID is is absolutely the worst thing, but the impact to people's lives economically, as we as we continue to talk about, is something that that we really don't have a handle on yet. And that's what we need to be doing as a, as a body, having oversight of that to make sure that the programs are in place to address those situations. Well, and you also consider the impact on uh, education and the learning loss that there's been. Uh, that's another uh, major issue that uh, uh, there's some understanding, but I think we need a little bit more of a delve into. Uh, State Representative Tim Butler with us uh, and uh, in the uh, short time we've got here left, um, let's talk about the announcement yesterday. Uh, Richard Irvin, the mayor of Aurora, the second largest city in Illinois, uh, he announced and he also announced that uh, State Representative Avery Bourne is going to be his lieutenant governor candidate. Yep. Uh, so an interesting mix of uh, you know the, the the suburbs and downstate and uh, having a Republican voice here. Um, talk a bit about what this means for the slate of Republicans and what you think some of the major themes are uh, heading into the uh, the June primary and eventually the November election. Well, I'm excited to see uh, another face get in, in the field, actually, and I'm really I'm really excited to see Avery Bourne step up into a role like this. You know, I've worked side by side with Avery for the better part of the past decade, and I think she's she's a great addition as the lieutenant governor candidate. You know, I'm look. We need to we need to to make up ground in the suburbs. There's no doubt about it. We as a party need to make up ground in the suburbs. And to see uh, you know, an African-American who's the mayor of the second largest city in the state jump into the governor's race, I think it's pretty exciting to see it as, as Republicans. And I look forward to see where this where this is going to go with, with the campaign. And I think at the end of the day, whoever wins the Republican primary, obviously we got to rally around that and, and beat the governor in the fall. But I, I think this is, this is a good thing for the party to see Mayor Irvin jump into it. Uh, and, you know, then we're going to see what happens with Avery's seat and, you know, what what happens with somebody who runs for that. I've, I've heard Wayne Rosenthal is going to jump into it, and I look forward to seeing Wayne run in that, uh, that district as well. A lot of money involved. Uh, the governor gave himself $90 million. It's uh, speculated that Ken Griffin's going to support whoever the Republican nominee is going to be with uh, possibly tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. This is going to be an expensive race. Yeah, it's it's insane what, what we're campaigns have gone today and the money that's behind it. I mean, to, to have the governor drop $90 million into his account on a Friday night, it just, I mean, the regular, you know, 
all the people, everybody in the world can't understand what that's all about. Nobody has that kind of money. There's only a handful of people in the world that have that kind of money. And the fact that our governor can sit there and dole out $90 million to himself for a campaign on a Friday night really, really is insane. And I, but you know, that's where campaigns are today. It takes, it takes so much money to run these campaigns. Uh, and it's just, you know, we're going to see, uh, just a ton of money, I think, going into this race, probably from around the country would be my guess. State Representative Tim Butler on the WMAY Morning News feed. And finally, when it comes to um, what is obvious going to be uh, infighting within the Republican Party, uh, you've got uh, even the Democratic Governors Association putting out statements that Richard Irvin made uh, supporting Governor Pritzker. Uh, what should Republicans do leading up to the primary? Well, I think number one is you got you got to look at the candidates and figure out who, who best represents what you think your values are. And secondly, who's going to win? I mean, th- at the end of the day, we need to win. We need to win the governor's mansion. We need to take control of the legislature. And that's what that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm sick and tired of being in the super minority and getting run over by J.B. Pritzker and Chris Welch and Don Harmon. We need to change the dynamic. And it starts with the governor's mansion and it starts with picking up seats in the General Assembly. And we could really drive some change. And in my opinion, that means, again, that gets back to the suburbs. Look, downstate is solidly Republican now. We need to pick up seats in the suburbs. We need to we need to shift voters back to the Republican Party in the suburbs. That that's what it's all about. And those of us from downstate Illinois, I know that's that's tough to swallow sometimes, but that's where the game is in Illinois. And we got to make sure that we have candidates up and down the ballot that can pick up votes in the suburbs and put more Republicans at the state capitol. State Representative Tim Butler, greatly appreciate you taking time Absolutely. as always. It's always fun. We'll talk again soon, all right? Have fun with your uh, virtual committee hearings. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of those. Absolutely. Thanks, Bishop. It is the WMAY morning news feed.